to the way they hate And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names I can feel the Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Thursday, September 28th, 2023, and this is episode 533 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled World Coffee Tour, <laughs> excuse me, World Coffee Tour Customs and Practices, Traditions from Around the World uh and how they drink coffee it's also brought to you by food forest farms today i'm going to be sharing coffee traditions uh practices how it how coffee is traditionally consumed in a few different countries across the world um but first let's grab a cup of coffee that i have sitting in front of me have a few sips talk about what's going on around um, my world and anyone that's hanging out in the live chat and then we'll get into that topic in a little bit Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Good morning, Greenberry Grove. Thanks for stopping in. Pip and Backwoods Butcher in early. James also there talking about Animaniacs this morning. Hmm. That was, um, I think Animaniacs was a little after, a little after my time. It was in that weird period between when I stopped watching cartoons and started watching them again, I think. I don't know if anybody else had that, but uh, they're talking to Animaniacs, um, Animus, Backwoods Butcher throwing uh, his favorite way to consume coffee in the comments already. I haven't even asked for the question. I haven't even asked the question yet. I was going to ask everybody to drop in their favorite way to consume coffee and uh, Backwoods, Backwoods jumped the gun early talking Animus and uh, man, it's a little early for that. Uh, let's get caught up in the comments before the show. Gingerbread in early 2.30 in the morning. Uh, Silver Bullet won't slow you down. I think he's referring to the Silver Bullet blend from Food Forest Farms uh, and put together for the Lots Project Silver Sale project that we did. And now it is on the shelves for anyone to purchase at Food Forest Farms. They are our sponsor today, so be sure to check them out if you want some awesome coffee. Uh, then Piff started in with the Animaniacs, but he was wondering because they had the song on the show about all the countries on Earth. And I do feel like I know that song, uh, what he's talking about. I think I've seen it other ways. But he was wondering if every country on Earth produces coffee and can a dude say they've drank a cup of coffee from every country. Producing, I don't think so i mean i guess you could grow coffee any way you want i mean anywhere you want you just need to climate control it and keep it um keep it uh in the right conditions uh as much uh, is it financially viable is it commercially viable i don't think so um but i mean you do you i'm sure you could make a cup of coffee in every country and consume it and uh, I think he may have been getting into the salad a little bit before uh, before the show this morning. So, um, <laughs> Greenberry Grove, I think he's talked about giving a coffee enema a try. And uh, Backwood says he can read my uh, read my mind and gingerbread, uh, letting him know that's a short book. <laughs> wow! Uh, ask my wife how short my book is. <laughs> It just it keeps adding chapters every day. 
Oh, anyway, in the cup today, finishing up that Colombian, uh, Colombian fair trade organic light roast. It's really good. I'm, uh, I, I am so happy with the, the light roast from Food Forest Farms. If you like right light roast, it's not everybody's favorite. Uh, but uh, it, I've come to find out from Brian, it really kind of depends on where you grew up, where you developed your 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 taste for coffee, what you're accustomed to. And uh, that will kind of be what you gravitate towards when you when you step up and and start exploring other coffee roasts like higher end higher end beans and roasts and someone that's 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 tailoring it to you is going to explore those tastes and it really has to do a lot with uh, where you were raised, which is cool because he was able to uh, he was able to spot my uh, or I asked him I knew what I I knew what I liked I had gone to uh, I'd worked in enough coffee shops I worked in uh, and gone through the coffee education at the at the coffee shop I worked and really developed a, a liking for light roast. Whether that was from growing up or what, I don't know. But man, on my uh, on my palate, it really the light roast is where where it's at for me. I get into darker roasts. I, I'll enjoy them. I I have them every now and then, but uh, I definitely prefer medium to light. And that silver bullet blend is is really good um, in the fact that it's uh, it's a combination of of a little of both. So. Give that a try over at Food Forest Farms if you want. Um, what else is going on? Yesterday, I spent a bunch of time out at Delinquent's Gully. Um, I shouldn't say a bunch of time. It was it was a half day. It was a pretty good half day of work. It was um, it's ninety here all week. I think it was ninety yesterday, and it's supposed to be forecasted ninety for the whole time that Tim's going to be here. Tim uh, was a little under the weather, so he he sacked out and rested for an extra day. I wanted out and uh, tried to start getting some stuff cleared. It's been uh, slow going out there with the heat and humidity this summer and uh, think other things we had going on. So I just wanted to get a little head start before we showed up. And uh, yeah, so put in pretty good half day, made a, made a YouTube video uh, about what I got done. I got the, the main, the main area where, um, where Tim and Becky had, uh, had, had marked, for uh, kind of a main cabin if they're going to build a compound there and have multiple uh, bunk houses and things is kind of the long-term goal but the main cabin that would be obviously theirs uh, I'm going to start small and and build that out I believe but uh, I had to find the area where it was all overgrown uh, Tim and Becky were here in the spring I believe spring uh, early summer and things hadn't really grown in yet so we walked around uh, the only marking tape color that they had when Tim picked up some marking tape, you know, the the plastic tape used to, to mark out in the woods, was uh, fluorescent yellow. Um, it didn't work <laughs> real well in Tennessee. <coughs> it was kind of, it was okay enough in the, in the beginning of the year, but as the green and foliage grew up, uh, there's a lot of similar, similar color plants. Um, I don't have the best recognition of shades. And ask Corey about that also, but I uh, I don't have the be best recognitions of shades of colors. And uh, as I'm walking through the woods, and this is all grown up, it was a it was a job to to dig and find where they were. I knew the general areas, uh, and when we marked them, they were all clear. That was the 
that was the the reason we found them was we picked spots that had not a ton of huge trees that would be need to be cleared uh had a decent area that was relatively flat which is um is uh, <laughs> it's hard to come by on the property uh if you're coming down for srf and you're coming out to tim's property be prepared to walk up some hills and down some hills and uh and through some brush and things like that it is definitely raw property still and a lot of work to be done to be um to be smooth sailing as you're walking around uh, i don't think you're ever going to get away from the hills just by the the fact of what it is and where it is but um man as everything grew up the the views changed the the surroundings changed and where we marked clearly where we clearly marked uh some spots weren't so clear anymore uh had been around the property had noticed things had had kind of kept an eye on where they were knew the general layout so it was just a matter of like wading through the the weeds that were over my head and brush and uh things like that to find the actual spots and when I did, I just knocked it down. I think it cleared out a 60 by, this is 60 by 30 area uh, that they had selected earlier and got that all knocked down. And, you know, it's not mowed by any means. I had a machete and a little weed whip, uh, a little, a little, um, one of those hand weed whipper things that's like a golf club. Got a serrated blade on it. Uh, had an old one, old, old one from way back on the farm. It actually might have been before the farm. I think it was right when we moved to the farm, though. Uh, had it since then, brought it on the road with us, and it finally built the dust yesterday. It uh, It's a goner. The the It had been coming apart for quite some time. Like when you would use it, they would get loose and loose and loose, and then the, the uh, metal part that stuck into the handle would just fly out. And it was kind of dangerous if you were around with two people. Uh, you're just whacking away at these weeds, and all of a sudden, there's a metal object flying through the air. Anyway, that happened a couple times yesterday, and I, I put it back in and, and got it twisted in there and, and tight. And, man, I uh, I went to take a swing, and there was a bunch of grass around a, a little holly tree. And when um, <laughs> when I hit it, man, it snapped the handle right in half. I was like, oh, there's that. Um, ironically, a few days ago when I was at uh, Tractor Supply, I had looked at one uh, similar, way, well, actually way heavier duty. And I was like, I should really pick one of these up. They're great for clearing. They are great for clearing campsites and great for clearing um, brush and things like that uh, without having to have gas or motorized equipment or having to listen to that shit uh, while you're running it. And I almost bought it. And uh, I didn't. I was like, ah, I got one. That's kind of wasteful having two of the same thing. And sure as shit, the, the next time I pick the damn thing up, it breaks in half. So I guess I should have bought it. Morning, Blakesley Acres. How we doing, Joe? Hope you're having a good morning. Cup of Joe. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Talking about Joe today. <laughs> oh, guys, it's going to be an interesting episode. Um, I did a ton of prep on Monday for all the shows for the week. I knew Tim was coming into town. I wanted to, uh, here's normal, normal workflow for the show <laughs> lately has been on the weekend. I kind of get all the graphics and everything, uh, general outlines, titles, do a couple of, um, of emails that, um, couple of emails that uh, go out on Saturday and Sunday. If you're not on the email list, 
put it put your email in anywhere at the loftproject.com there's uh, almost on every landing page there is a place to put your email uh you can sign up for a free 30 minute uh consult with me if you put your email in you'll get an email to that email address uh with a link to my calendar if you don't want to uh join the appointment you just want to get those email updates go ahead and just put your email address in and you'll get one on saturday of a recap of the previous week sunday you will get um a preview and a kind of a uh, a weekly update of what's going on with us for the week coming up so um is my feet fine we had to close feet finder down it, it went sideways uh once Corey got uh, throttled with um grounded souls on all the socials it wasn't worth doing uh, i think she made a grand total of seven dollars so it was an interesting experiment but anyway uh get the graphics done uh thumbnails all that and then show prep for usually like monday monday tuesday uh get outlines done all like like I have outlines for all these shows, guys. Uh, it might not seem like it, but I do have outlines. Uh, but this, and then Tuesday, Monday afternoon, I do a little bit. Tuesday is usually my office day where I knock out the rest of the week and start prepping for the emails on the weekend and all of that. Well, I pounded it all out on Monday uh, so I could have some extra time this week to to do some stuff. And for some reason, yesterday's episode saved. The day before saved, Friday saved, today's was blank when I opened it. I distinctly remember going to several websites and researching um, <laughs> um, researching all the coffee traditions. I was, I was basically looking to see how people drank coffee around the world. And so I did all the, I dug in and uh, had a bunch, man. I still have a bunch. I was able to scramble this morning when I got up. I was actually up and coherent a little earlier than normal. So I got a bunch on the list, but man, I uh, I feel disappointed, guys. I did quite a bit of prep for this and I don't know how it's going to end up turning out. Morning, Mike, Philippine Nomad. How's it going? How do you like your coffee over there in uh, the Philippines? Is it, um, is it, uh, just black do you just drink a normal black uh what would be called an americano i guess from my research anyway we'll uh we'll plow through that i'm gonna i got a couple more things on my on my daily list here tim is uh tim's coming out tim is uh tim is going to be coming out to the property this morning he's going to pick up some lumber we're gonna do some uh, site evaluations We've had some big changes out there. Tim, uh, Tim did some, <laughs> Tim did some stuff. Um, since he was here last time, he bought an extra third, uh, added his, uh, added a third to the total of his property size, and um, man, it changes things. It changes things. Uh, I was excited to see that there was a little bit of access there that we have now for vehicles. Uh, if we drop some trees, a little parking parking spot possibly uh but you know i i listen to the guidance of uh tons and tons and tons of um permaculture designers and really contemplated changes before i dug in and started doing anything especially seeing it's not it's not my property i'm, I'm working on it for someone else I'm, I'm kind of doing my best estimate my best judgment for someone else but i um 
decisions this big, I kind of wanted to work with him. Uh, when we evaluated the property together and we took uh, the walk around it with him and then him and Becky uh, and made some decisions, it was all based on the two properties next to each other, uh, the two five acre properties. When the third one got added on in this parking area is now the furthest thing from everywhere that we um, already talked about. And I haven't had enough time to get in there and explore and see if there is a, a easy way to connect the dots, to connect the systems. And I don't know. Um, so I want to take the time with Tim. We're going to walk around this morning first thing, kind of kind of look at that new piece. I don't even think he's seen the new piece of property that he bought. Uh, we were right next to it. We, we He knows the general area, but uh, he did not. Uh, he hasn't had foot on it. So we're going to make some decisions. I, I, I pumped the brakes and really I was kind of proud of myself. It's, it's, it's an acquired skill for me, for sure, to to think of something and then really pump the brakes and um, and not dive in and, and definitely take those take those options and run with them. So we will see. We will see uh, what we think this morning. Uh, it might be a couple options. I, I got a couple of things I want to I want to toss at him and see. But uh, we got lots of work, lots of work coming up while Tim's here. Uh, everything pretty much is going to be hand carried into this place. Uh, we want to uh, build a couple structures. We want to build an outhouse. We want to build a small shed uh, that's going to be the base to uh, more eventually. But everything's going to be hand carried in. There's no vehicle access. Uh, most of the paths we're going to be taking aren't really uh, accessible to a cart or even a four-wheeler the whole way. So lots of lumber carrying. And uh, we're going through uh, different different ways to do it. Um Kyle says pigs would clear that land for you really quick. Man, do they go into like uh, seven foot gullies that are like a ditch and uh, seven foot deep and come out the other side? Because I almost fell in one the other day when I was uh, walking through some brush. It was like overgrown vines, briars and all sorts of other uh, undergrowth. And I started to slide and caught myself on a tree. And I kind of looked down in front of my feet and it was just a straight down and a straight back up. And I was like, hmm, glad I didn't slide down in there. That would have been fun to climb out of. But yeah, pigs. I've been thinking about pigs, uh, goats, seeing if anybody had some goats they wanted to run out there. Uh, James says goats and uh, and see if I could get some stuff cleaned out. But I think the biggest plan is uh, we're having James come down and uh, with his weed eater and we're just going to have James Weedy the 15 acres. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, anyway, that's going to be uh, that's going to be today. I'm going to wrap up the show as soon as I'm done. We got uh, our normal morning routine with dogs and things like that. Get the show uploaded and head out there and meet up Tim. He's grabbing lumber this morning and we're going to get some shit done. So that's exciting. Um, and. Kyle says they'll go everywhere, eat all those briars, poison, ivy, and all of it. Interesting. Interesting. It is an idea for sure. Um, yeah, something to consider. I don't want to put the fencing. Gingerbread says I buy the gas. Tim will buy the gas. I'm sure Tim will buy the gas. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, for workday, I think what we'll end up doing is probably putting, um, putting trails in any... I'm. I'm about, uh, I'm pretty sure any lumber 
with plans on that site that day will probably be put up. Uh, I was going to tell Tim that, that that's probably a spontaneous uh, activity that'll happen if there's a pile of lumber and a, and a use for it. Uh, the kind of people that show up, it'll get done. So be careful what you have on site and uh, what you want done, and we will lay it out there. But I'm guessing uh, doing some campsite clearing, doing some trail building, um, maybe building a secondary outhouse or things like that. It all depends on Tim's budget and uh, what kind of materials he wants on site. So that is the plan for that. Guys, I'm up here at 21 minutes already. I just talking about life and uh, I'm going to get into this topic and see how it goes. If I run out of uh, if I run out of list because I couldn't get enough copy this morning, then maybe we'll swing back into talking about uh, talk, talking about the upcoming project at Tim's. But uh, for now, we're going to get back to that topic of the day. We're going to talk coffee, coffee world tour. Uh, but before that, I'd like to talk to you about the sponsor of the day. Food Forest Farms. At Food Forest Farms, the extraordinary is the norm. They fuel their mission with diverse offerings from hand-roasted specialty coffees that'll bring joy to your mornings to stunning jewelry and metal art pieces that'll add flair to your style. But that's not all. They also provide unique caffeinated experiences through Hip Camp and Airbnb stays. Hey, hey, how about that? They don't want me to tell you about Food Forest Farms. Anyway, guys, if uh, if you are ready to embark on an extraordinary journey, head over to Food Forest Farms to explore more. Don't forget to sign up for their newsletter to stay in the loop about their latest offerings and initiatives and enjoy the adventure. And I whole, I wholeheartedly, um, I wholeheartedly uh, recommend the C4 Club uh, from Food Forest Farms, especially if you're into coffee. The price you get on C4 for uh, two pounds of coffee, $40 a month, is unreal. Uh, good luck finding that for a full pound, $20 a pound, and it's shipped straight to your door, shipping included, um, on a reoccurring basis. But the nice part about C4 is if you're not into coffee, if you're local into cannab cannabinoids, if you are uh, into, if you go to the Pacific Northwest and you need a place to crash, um, you can use his, those $40 a month towards Airbnbs. I believe it's four stays a year <coughs> that you need to pay for, basically. And uh, Brian becomes your personal Sherpa if you are there in uh, the Tacoma, Seattle area. So, Matt, if you, if you are in the Pacific Northwest, you uh, travel there, you, have, um, you want to go camping there, you enjoy coffee, you enjoy artwork. Uh, anything is fair game in the C4 club. All you got to do is spend 40 bucks a month minimum and uh, you are in. Once it reaches 100 members, it is closed forever. So if you're interested, check it out, foodforestfarms.com. Um, <laughs> oh, Backwoods Butcher says, too bad he's not getting down to SRF until Friday. Would love to get my hands on some wood with you guys. Uh, you'll get your hands on plenty of wood, even if you get there Friday. Don't worry. And uh, <laughs> he also says, if you uh, if you go visit Brian in the C4, you'll uh, enjoy so much coffee, you'll be looking for Bigfoot. Uh, I don't think the coffee is going to make you look for Bigfoot. But anyway, topic of the day today is uh, Coffee World Tour. I have been talking about kind of the science behind coffee, the the methods of brewing it, the different beans, uh, things like that. 
And I had the coffee topic come up and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it. And I was brainstorming it out on a walk. And I was like, I'm curious how other people drink coffee. I drink plain French pressed black coffee. That is that is my beverage of choice when it comes to coffee. Um, I have worked, I worked for a while, a decent amount of time at a Caribou Coffee in, in Minnesota when I first moved there about 20 plus years ago. Um, and so I dealt with all the, the typical American coffee shop drinks. Um, I was very, I was uh, trained as a bartender at that point. And this was a, a side gig in the morning. So I was uh, very comfortable on the espresso bar uh, as a barista. I went through the motions of learning all the drinks, how to make them, how to make use the espresso machine, how to steam the coffee, all that stuff. So I'm familiar with those drinks. Um, <laughs> I'm familiar with all those drinks. Uh, but I was curious what the beverage of choice, what the, the preferred method of drinking coffee around the world was in different countries. Was it all the same? Was it just a, a big conglomerate of some people like black coffee, some people like lattes, some people like uh, frappuccinos or whatever? And so I figured I could dig into that. I could kind of go and do some research and find out what the traditions are and bring them to you. I enjoyed looking into them. I wish all my notes were still here. Uh, they're pretty generic this morning. I had taken uh, personal little notes and, and things I wanted to mention, and hopefully I'll remember as, remember them as I go through. But uh, here we go, guys. Let's, uh, let's kind of take a... Um... <laughs> let's take a trip around... Take a trip around... Um the globe here and see what I came up with. Again, I apologize if this is rough because, um, uh, because I, I, man, I, I was so disappointed this morning. My notes were so good guys. I, I just, I, mm, yeah, disappointment, but anyway, let's stop it. Stop. Let's stop here and move on. <laughs> man, I need some more. I need some more coffee. All right, let's hit France. France, cafe, uh, a latte, or coffee with hot milk. This originated in France. Uh, the French often begin their day with this uh, beverage served in a wide mug. Uh, only order it after lunch or don't usually order it after lunch or dinner. Excuse me. Only in the morning. Uh, and it's very common for the French to dunk their croissant into their coffee for breakfast. Uh, so major, uh, <laughs> thanks Kyle. Kyle says he still loves me even if I suck. Um, but yeah, it looks like the main way that the French are going to drink their coffee is going to be uh, basically a latte, what we would call this a latte. It's gonna be coffee with hot milk in it. Uh, no real foam, no, uh, no steaming, no frothy, just uh, straight old coffee with hot milk. And uh, likely going to dump that uh, dunk that croissant into it at breakfast time. Not normally uh, consumed later in the day. Um, yeah, that's all I had on France, Austria. We're gonna move on to Austria. Um, Austria's uh, favorite drink 
is going to be more like what we here would consider, uh, we would call a cappuccino. Uh, it's going to be an espresso. It's going to it's going to have steamed milk and foamed frothy milk on top. It's going to be a layered, um, a steamed milk, and then that super frothy. So I don't know if you've ever used a, a coffee frother, a coffee steamer. Um, it's um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> basically when you steam coffee, you have a, a tin, uh, a metal. We used a metal uh, pitcher. You would put the cold coffee in. There was a steaming wand. It was like a uh, it was a pipe that steam would come out of the bottom. You'd throw that into the bottom of the cup and you'd start steaming the milk. It would heat it up. It would it would start to froth it. You would be able to basically um, how you would do it is you would lower. You would start to lower the the milk down off the steaming wand. So as the steaming wand got closer to the top and it was able to uh, kind of aerate the milk and it would bubble up. So if it was in the bottom, it was basically steam heating that milk and the air would dissipate and it wouldn't get frothy. As you brought it up towards the top, you could almost you could almost expand that top layer of milk as it got hot and frothy and pull the foam up. So then when you had a steamed tin of milk, you had three different types. You had super frothy, um, almost like um, meringue on top, and then a, a, a steamed foamy layer underneath that was a little thicker, and then the hot steaming milk in the bottom. So when you would make that latte, like in the France, in the in the French example, you would hold back all that foam and froth and pour the hot milk from underneath a knife. So it would hold back all the hold back all that uh, that frothy stuff. So it looks as though in Austria, their their method of choice would be to take that second layer, that thicker steamed aerated milk um, that was a little a little more frothy and then use that super froth on the top to put a layer in the top and then hey that was a quick little blip i wonder how much i was out before i uh, was watching back the other day and when i had that quick little blip i was actually frozen for quite a bit before i could actually tell um so good morning k bonk thanks again for joining in if i uh, if i cut out when i was uh, talking to you um <laughs> Morning, MSU Rifle. Thanks for stopping in. He said would have been the best show ever if he didn't lose his notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kyle, thank you for sticking up for me. I do feel bad that I, uh, uh, how stupid I was. I don't know how it happened. Literally, the notes on both sides were there, guys. I, I, uh, I feel bad. I feel bad. Anyway, anyway, that's Austria. You're going to be more like a cappuccino. Um. But the biggest thing about Austria that I found, and I found it super interesting, is the the kind of the culture around the the Viennese coffee houses in Vienna. Um, Viennese Kyle is uh, Viennese would be in Vienna, which is in Austria. It's a city there. Uh, they have a very strong tradition for their coffee houses, and I kind of dove into the history a little bit, and it looks like coffee came to Vienna during the siege of Vienna, when the Turks tried to capture the city in the 1680s, 1680s, 
the Austrians successfully chased the invaders away, but the Turks left huge bags of coffee beans behind, uh, effectively introducing coffee to Vienna because they tried to invade them. They left it behind. Uh, this really started becoming popular. They, uh, they figured out what to do with these beans and uh, really spurred the, the opening of these coffee shops. And a lot of the coffee shops in Vienna right now are, are, are still original, 300 years old. And what the, the big deal is, is it, it basically, they look at it as an extension of their living room. And this is a time where, um, this is a place, excuse me, where people are going to go, they're going to possibly sit all day. It's totally accepted to sit and contemplate all day, to order a cup of coffee in the morning and be there for the whole day drinking coffee, uh, reading the newspaper, playing chess, having discussions with people. Uh, Vienna is known for being very laid back lifestyle where, um, where they slow down in life. It isn't go, go, go. It isn't go, go, go. Kyle says lazy Europeans. Yeah. I mean, is it lazy? I don't know. I, I, I had some conversations with somebody recently about how busy we are here in the U S and how nice it would be to not be so busy every once in a while because you're having to do all the things you think you're required to. But they take some time and enjoy life. And these this is one of the places where they really stay. And it's it uh, from what I see, they open super in, early in the morning. They transition from a breakfast-style cafe through lunch and even into dinner. And then a lot of them will actually stay open at night and uh, bring in booze. And it's almost like a... Um, it's uh, almost like a nightclub. So really cool places, uh, old school marble tables, uh, coffee served on a silver platter with a cup of, uh, 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 the cup of coffee, some water. Uh, traditionally, the, the waiters are going to have on tailed tuxedos or dressed very nicely. Um, it's just a different experience, a different experience. So Backwoods Butcher says he's when uh, he's lazy, that's when the voices come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and Gingerbread agrees. <laughs> Keep you guys busy when you're here in Tennessee. Uh, all right, so that's Vienna. That's Vienna. That's kind of a old, its own little, uh, in Austria, that's its kind of own little culture, a little coffee culture right there in the city. And it's been around for, like I said, three, four hundred, three or 400 years. Um, they've been doing that. Gonna move on to Greece real quick. Greece is, uh, they like the frappe. That's popular in Greece. I read this and um, it didn't sound that appealing to me, but it looks like they take instant coffee, evaporated milk, and ice cold water and make basically a, a concoction that's almost like cold brew. Uh, it's great hot summer days and um, that's, that's, that's their go-to. That's their go-to. There was another rabbit hole that I went down with Greece, uh, and I don't know where that went. Um, I wasn't sure where I followed that link, and I couldn't find it quickly this morning. But frappe is what I brought from uh, from Greece. They, uh, like I said, instant coffee, evaporated milk, and ice cold water, making a um, 
making a uh, an, basically an iced coffee uh, iced coffee drink to uh, to enjoy when it's hot. Um, let's go on to Ethiopia. Ethiopia was pretty much the origin of coffee. Uh, you have to think they're they're steeped in tradition, and you'd be right for sure. Um, there is a process in Ethiopian culture where you're going to take a two to three hour session for a coffee. Uh, it's going to be a process where it, it starts with the green bean. You're going to roast it and you're going to um, you're going to roast it. You're going to prepare it and then you're going to serve it. Uh, it's going to be um, very, very. Um, it's a long drawn out process. It's it's more about the process and the ceremony than it is necessarily about the coffee. But when you take the time and the care to to do that, you're going to enjoy that cup a little bit more. So Ethiopia, uh, traditionally, the the coffee there was prepared with salt and butter instead of sugar. That was the way they they kind of flavored that coffee and. Um, and there's a saying that I found from Ethiopia that says uh, Buna Dao Na and Buna is is coffee in Ethiopia. And that translates out to coffee is our bread. Uh, like I said, it's kind of the origin of the plant and it goes back as far as it's going to go. If it's the origin of the plant, you'd think it would be the most steeped in tradition, but definitely a cultural um a cultural practice that they use doing the full cycle of those beans um let's uh let's move on let's move on next stop on the list is uh mexico and in mexico they're going to have what you call the cafe de ola this is a uh, coffee that's brewed in clay pots with um with cinnamon sticks and piloncillo which is the rawest form of sugarcane you can get. So basically they're going to be brewing this coffee in clay pots with, um, with fresh cinnamon sticks and the raw sugarcane you're going to find. So what this does is the, the clay pots and the cinnamon sticks really bring out a lot of different flavors in the coffee. <coughs> Excuse me. It's going to bring out the bolder, more robust coffee taste. Something with the clay, uh, the clay pot, and those cinnamon sticks interacting. Uh, it's it's just been perfected over years, and that is the traditional, um, the go-to regional coffee in Mexico is brewed in these these clay pots with cinnamon sticks and raw raw sugarcane, uh, as raw as you can get it. So. That uh, that actually sounds pretty interested, um, interesting to me. Kyle says he thinks that the Mexicans have graduated to energy drinks over coffee. Maybe I think that might be. Um, I think that might be. Uh, <laughs> man, um, I think that might be all over the world. But anyway, that was uh, a little bit on Mexico here. Uh, move on to Ireland. You guys can guess what Irish Irish coffee is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a common uh, it's common joke here in the in the U.S. But man, it's true. 
Irish coffee traditionally with a little whiskey in it. Um, so yeah, coffee, booze, whiskey, some sort of whiskey, and uh, usually an after dinner drink. Uh, that is what it said in the article that, um, that it is, uh, that it's an after drink, it's an evening drink. Uh, but man, I've known plenty of people, including myself, that have, have, have every once in a while hit that Irish coffee up in the morning, especially uh, after a late night of maybe needing a little hair of the dog in the morning, but a little whiskey in that coffee. Um, and uh, like they say, it's perfect for an after dinner hot beverage. But where did uh, where did the Irish coffee come from? You would think, man, it came from the Irish. Uh, those guys, those silly guys uh that uh, lost 600 years of history after I, after whiskey was invented. Check that out. Check that out. The inventions in Ireland, uh, the timeline of the inventions in Ireland. It may have been a spoof meme. I didn't think so because I've seen it in more than one publication over my life. But uh, see what happens when the Irish invented whiskey. You would think that they were the ones that put it in the coffee, but, but it wasn't. American tourists visiting Ireland in the 1940s during the chilly winter season. Tourists invented the drink to stay warm. Hot coffee, Irish whiskey, sugar, and whipped cream on top. Those damn Americans <laughs> putting their putting their booze in everything. Um, <laughs> Pip says whiskey. And here is a words of wisdom right here. Whiskey before 10 a.m. makes you a pirate, not a drunk. <laughs> and uh, Backwood says he was a pirate for a while. And so was I. So was I. Now, when does the clock start? Here's a here's a philosophical question for you this morning on a Thursday at uh, 645 in the morning. If you're drinking whiskey and it's nine in the morning, but you started at three in the morning because you didn't go to bed the night before. Is that drinking whiskey before 10? Because if so, technically, if you drink it past midnight, you're drinking it before 10 in the morning. Where is the timeline? Is this a, a wake up and start drinking thing? Because I can take a nap in the evening and start drinking after. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Kyle doesn't even need me to uh, to give him a little razzing on his being a pirate. Um, anyway, that's the Irish coffee. Irish coffee invented by the Americans in the 40s to stay warm over there in cold, dreary Ireland in the winter. So you can thank the Americans for your Irish coffee. Uh, let's move on to Australia and New Zealand over there on uh, in in Mike's kind of over getting to uh, Mike's <laughs> Mike's neck of the woods. <coughs> But um, Australia, New Zealand, their, their go-to is what's called a flat white, uh, similar to a latte, but way more velvety in consistency. Um, to make it, you use that, I, I believe what they're referring to, they're saying in this article that uh, you use microfoam, uh, microfoamed milk, steamed milk with super tiny bubbles. Uh, over a shot of espresso, uh, and it says there's a higher proportion of coffee to milk than a latte or a cappuccino. Ah, uh, hmm. 
It's almost like the it's almost like Starlink knows when I have uh, stuff I want to run around and do right after the show. Because when I have all these these uh, outages and I go in and edit the audio, uh, it takes another like forty minutes than it normally does in the morning. So, anyway, when I was talking about the 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 tin uh, when you're when you're steaming the coffee. You have that bottom layer that's just hot milk, basically. It, it, it's just the hot milk. And then that layer above it with the foam and then uh, with the really, uh, it's a thicker, it's thicker than the, the very airy foam at the top. And I think this is what they're talking about with the micro foam. I never really heard it referred to that way. But um, it's that layer in the middle that's uh, a mix between super foamy, airy stuff and that regular milk where it's just really thick and uh, and velvety as they as they uh, described it. And I think that that works for me in my brain, like after after looking and and working with that that milk tin um, behind that bar, I think that is what they're talking about. And it looks like they go heavy on the espresso. So I'm guessing it'd be two to four shots of espresso and then just a dab of this milk instead of where a latte is um, is the majority is is your milk. And uh, it makes it less on that coffee side. So um, that's Australia, New Zealand. Um, and they, uh, yeah, don't. Don't, uh, they're definitely going to know you are a traveler if you, uh, if you're just ordering like an Americano. So here, here you go. Drip brew coffee, coffee, just black coffee with water. Uh, pretty much everywhere except here, it'd be, uh, it's an Americano. Um, when we would make Americano in, um, at the coffee shop, basically it was espresso shots with hot water. Um. Uh, taking espresso and uh, making it not as concentrated, which basically you're, you're drinking uh, a drip brew, just brewed different. Yes. It affects the taste. Yes. It's a different, if it's a different taste, it's a different, um, it's a different flavor profile, but a little watered down, watered down espresso basically. So I would, uh, I think if I wanted, if you wanted to get just a drip brew coffee somewhere, uh, a black coffee, I think you'd be ordering an Americano anywhere else in the, in the world. So, um, Mike's Philippine Nomad says Auckland is five hours ahead of us, Melbourne and Sydney only two hours ahead. So you're literally within the United States of those places. Five hours ahead is a, is one time zone. Literally I, uh, I found out about the Atlantic time zone tip out there in Canada uh, when I was interviewing one of my guests, they were in Atlantic time zone. I was like, oh, Eastern. I had totally forgot about the Atlantic time zone clipping uh, the edge of Canada up there. And um, yeah, so it was an extra hour. So you got five hours wide in North America. That's uh, that's about as far as you are. So um uh, K-Bonk says condensed milk, milk or cream half and half or heavy cream or butter so many options yes yes so many options to add into your coffee uh why not just take it black why 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 worry about all the confusion of making it taste it's already as good as it needs to be uh just throw it black uh but anyway 
that was Australia and New Zealand was the flat white, basically that velvety milk, froth milk, and uh, and a higher concentration of espresso. So it's going to taste a lot more like coffee than milk uh, to whereas a lot of the lattes we would make in the coffee shop here tasted like milk to me or whatever sugary flavor they wanted to dump in it to make it uh, to make it sweet. And so they could have their coffee. <laughs> quote unquote coffee um let's hit up uh turkey turkey's got a a very very strong coffee tradition no pun intended but man turkey um the it, there's a proverb comes out of turkey that says coffee should be black as hell and strong as death and sweet as love uh turkey's coffee uh, turkey's coffee um man they make it <laughs> they make it strong and to make it, you boil finely ground coffee in a long-handled copper pot called a Stevs. I can't pronounce it. C E Z V E. Z's and V's don't go next to each other in uh, in my in, in my vocabulary. But basically, you're going to boil the coffee with sugar and water, then pour it into small cups and uh, it, it, serve it after meals. It's uh, and often accompanied by chewy Turkish candies to take away and sweeten that up because they make it so, so strong. Um, <laughs> Gingerbread Farm says, don't drink truck stop coffee black. Uh, don't drink truck stop coffee in general is a, is a good thing to go by. But yeah, Turkey. Turkey is known for strong, um, strong black coffee and then um sweeten it up with a little sugar or uh or like the the chewy candle they candies they serve with it but no milk uh no lightening it up that way it's all done through sugar and uh that's the way they like it uh got a couple more here to hit before we wrap up but let's say uh saudi arabia oh, oh cuba cuba was next on the list Cubans, uh, if you get down into Southern Florida, I uh, I think um, Pip could probably could probably find a Cuban a Cuban coffee shop even up there where he is. But a little south in Florida, you're going to find a lot of Cuban coffee shops. Um, strong brewed, served any time of the day. Uh, mixed their coffee, they mix the coffee with sugar while it brews and serve it black. They pour it into the small little mugs and drink it, uh, socializing with families socializing with family and friends at a little coffee shop or at home. Uh, yeah, you've seen, you've seen the videos, you've seen the movie in the movies, uh, going to get some Cuban coffee. Uh, yeah, sounds good to me. Strong black coffee, little sweetener in it. Uh, they make it with sugar while it brews. So not sure how that changes the flavor. I will have to try to find myself my way to a, a authentic Cuban coffee coffee shop uh if we ever make it down there into southern florida saudi arabia uh saudi arabia they do um they have a coffee or kawa i believe is how it's pronounced is spiced uh it's spiced with card cardamom in uh and dried dates are served with coffee to help combat the bitterness uh, their, their coffee is very ceremonial in Saudi Arabia and there's, there's all sorts of rules of etiquette during a coffee service. And, uh, one of those is that the elders get served first. Um, pretty, pretty standard in, in their culture. I don't necessarily believe that that is, uh, only through coffee, but, uh, 
Um, <laughs> Pip says that Cuban coffee will make you see stars and shit yourself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ralphie May, yeah, the, the comedian, has a famous bit about Cuban coffee. Yes, yes. Um, Saudi Arabia, um, yes. So traditional, traditional coffee uh, ceremonies, and it, it goes back a long time. And it's more of a, a ceremonial, um, a ceremonial thing than uh, just just grabbing coffee. Uh, Japan, it looks like they uh, they're a big fan of uh, of canned coffee. Introduced way back in the '60s, they're small cans of coffee. You can find them at the supermarket, the corner store, and in vending machines. Uh, you can buy both hot and cold versions of this canned coffee, and. Um, there was pictures of it. It is interesting. It is interesting. Um, Phil, Phil P. Nomad says Vietnamese coffee with condensed milk is also popular here. And weird, the next one on my list is Vietnam. And uh, what they said in my research in, uh, in, in circling back was egg coffee. Egg coffee is becoming big in Vietnam. Egg coffee being... Um, super rich like a dessert it's a uh, coffee with condensed milk like mike says sugar and then an egg yolk um interesting i'm interested in that i uh i might try to figure out how to give that a try uh, i think i would want to make sure i made it right otherwise i might be turned off uh, on it for good but uh yes vietnam vietnamese egg coffee is getting there uh and uh yeah like i said condensed milk sugar and an egg yolk uh, Morocco, Morocco is the last stop on my list. Uh, Morocco has a special spiced coffee they call Cafe des Spices. Excuse me. Um, to make this, they take coffee beans and then blend a blend of spices and they grind it all together. And the spice blend they use, uh, it includes sesame seeds, black pepper, nutmeg, cassia, uh, cassia bark, which is uh, similar to cinnamon and uh, cumin seeds. They put that all in the grinder together with the coffee beans, grind it up, and uh, man, you can imagine what the smell of that is when it's uh, grinding and then brewing. Um, James had asked, what's the thing about adding salt? Mike nailed it. Salt's supposed to break the acidity, the acidity bite of the coffee. Um, salt interacts with that uh, acidic side of the coffee. Thanks, Mike, for uh, stepping in there. Um, so that is super, um, that is, uh, that sounds really good to me. The, the spiced coffee from Morocco, um, maybe not as a daily thing, but as definitely as something, um, on special occasions or in the evening, possibly I used to add nutmeg and cinnamon to my drip brew when I was, uh, way back when I was drinking Folgers drip brew to make it tolerable. Uh, man, it tasted so much better. People would come to our place. I would brew a pot of coffee. They'd have some, they're like, Oh, what kind of coffee is this? This is really good. Yeah. It was just Folgers with, uh, with cinnamon and nutmeg on it. Give it a try. If you're stuck in that Folgers rut, just get some ground cinnamon and some ground nutmeg, sprinkle a little on top before you brew it and, um, see what happens. See what happens. I think that was, uh, where did that come from? Um, oh, you're sorry, Corey's earbuds are on. I think it came, uh, I think I found that on two and a half men, actually. Uh, the, the maid there, the housekeeper, she, she was, she used to do that. And
and I started, gave it a try, and it was great. So give that a try. And that is kind of the end of my list here, guys. I did uh, end up making it through. Uh, the, the list was a little better, a little more in-depth, I uh, but I think we turned out all right today. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But with that, I think I'm going to wrap that up. Wrap it up here and uh, get on with my day. Get uh, get over to Tim's and knock out a bunch of work. I'm excited to get that done. Get some documentation of it. Get a little video while we're out there. See uh, see the progress as it happens. And uh, be sure to uh, come around tomorrow and see what we ended up getting done. And tomorrow we will also be talking about, um, man, really looking at what you're doing around your house already. Um, chores, hobbies, fix it stuff, uh, going to go down through a list, maybe spur some ideas where you can, you can spin out a little side hustle. You're looking to make a little extra money, try to, uh, try to figure out, uh, how to save up for a project or, uh, or a special purchase, or maybe just get out of debt. There's stuff you're doing already that people will pay you to do. It doesn't have to be full scale. Maybe it's just a, a little bit of time on the weekends or this, but I'm going to kind of touch on that whole philosophy and then maybe spin out some ideas that you could you could pursue on your own to earn a little extra money. So anyway, guys, it's been a fun day. I can't wait to, uh, oh, Gingerbread Farm says raffle tomorrow. Raffle tomorrow. Yes, uh, 30K giveaway tomorrow. 30K giveaway tomorrow. We will uh, we'll be giving away some sats, hopefully. So be sure to tell all your friends. We need to get 10 people uh, logged in and registered for that during the show. And uh, man, we got a lot of lurkers that watch and do not like to participate. So we got to bump those numbers up, guys. We got to bump it up and get those Satoshis flowing. Uh, 30K tomorrow morning. 30K tomorrow morning at the end of the show. Anyway, I hope you join me tomorrow for that side hustle edition. Uh, if you would like to participate in those live comments, always join us live Monday through Friday morning at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed this show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about it, the episode, along with links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. It's Thursday. We're almost to Friday. Happy Friday Eve, as Pip likes to say. Circle back and catch up with you tomorrow. 